it can be so frustrating when you know you 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 know everybody's looking forward to an update and you'd like to get one out yourself as well it's not that you don't want to because you definitely do and you sat there on on studio i was like i have no idea what i want to do and uh yeah it's definitely a frustrating time as a as a creator to go through the motions of that this is crazy blocks developer of the flood escape series Crazy Blocks is a real veteran of the Roblox community, making his start on the platform all the way back in 2007. His early games included a zombie-themed obby, a gold-mining tycoon, and Battle of Legends 1. His biggest games to date are Flood Escape and Flood Escape 2, where you try to escape from flooding environments with other players, collecting loot along the way. The frantic formula and mix of running and swimming has proved a hit with players, and combined, the two games have a total of over 600 million plays. We talked about how Crazy Blocks got his start using free models and worked through increasingly ambitious projects. We also explore how he engages with his game's communities and his struggles breaking through game dev block when looking for new ideas. More on that in the podcast. My name is Billy Cavell and this is Player to Creator. Hello Crazy Blocks. Hello. Hello. Thank How's you so much for coming by. Yeah, no um, worries. This is uh, an early morning edition of mm -hmm. podcast you are nursing a starbucks cup yeah right now jet lagged and coffee but you know coffee always wins coffee does always win this is, this is a very strong coffee actually it's, it's woken me up really good what are you drinking uh something from the hotel room <laughs> i don't know what it was i just put it in <laughs> just, it just nice. whatever it is yeah i can smell caffeine i'm putting it in mm -hmm. that's it that's absolutely yeah that's it and it's, it's working a treat Good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I've also had more than one cup this morning so far as well. So um, this is a really great and frenetic edition of the podcast. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for coming uh, on to Player to Creator. Um, why don't we get diving right in to mm. your very first time that you remember encountering Roblox? Okay, so it was uh, 2007. Uh, I was on the school playground a lot of years ago. And my friends started talking to me about this this cool game on online. That uh, was just not long got onto the internet, and my yeah, they told me about it. I was like, oh, we should you should play this game, Roblox. It's got all kinds of cool things. I think they compared it to uh, uh, Lego in just online, really. And so, you know, I got home, I put it on my computer, and I was I was impressed. Uh, kid me loved it. I loved being able to play games with with friends on there, uh, see all the different projects and stuff. That's how it really started. Started out just playing games with friends and just exploring from there. Because that's quite an early, 2007 is quite an early mm. iteration of Roblox as we know it, it now. Yeah, like consider it in its infancy in 2007, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, so it was it was quite primitive compared to now, but it still had all the, you know, all the basis of what Roblox really is now. So do you do you remember it sort of becoming a big sort of topic of conversation like in the school in the school playground kind of thing? Um, I don't know if it really got as popular in in my schools. It, it was kind of just a local thing. All my all my friends, my group of friends, yeah, they they joined on, they hopped on, they loved it. It definitely was a fad uh, of people playing. Um, my entire circle of friends had had usernames. I still play with one or two of them every now and then for the fun of it, and. Uh, yeah, it, it was about a few years. It lasted until, um, it was about three years really the fad went on for him. And some people moved on, some stayed, but just stayed as players. And 
Uh, I've definitely stayed around. So yeah, I'd say <laughs> stayed around and some. Yeah. Um, because obviously at some point you went from hopping on a game with friends. By the way, uh, do you remember any of those sort of early games that you were playing? Uh, names? Cart riding, build to survive, tycoons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obstacle courses, very very basic looking ones. <laughs> uh, survive McDonald's zombies or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and and so there was some at some point you go from surviving McDonald's obbies uh-huh. uh, to I want to try and create my own fast food chain obby survival game or something similar. Yeah, it went from uh, playing games to just expressing curiosity about what can be done to make your own games because with each other type of game, they were very different from one another in how they played. And I drew inspiration from it. And with having Roblox Studio installed on the computer, because um, Roblox made it super easy to do that, I started just messing around with it, and one one of my first projects I, I strictly remember literally was as a zombie obstacle course, uh, but I didn't even know how to anchor some bricks, so I was very uh, <laughs> I definitely just chucked myself in the pool there, uh, <laughs> the deep end. So yeah, in the deep end, and it was just a, a lot of experimentation and figuring out what worked. I eventually figured out how to anchor some bricks and get some obstacle courses going. I put some zombies in there and tried to make a, a mashup of, of them both. So not only were you trying to jump over lava blocks, there was also zombies chasing you, so it added a bit of a rush dynamic to it. But that was one of the first projects I did, and then it just kind of branched out, kept exploring. I tried making a tycoon game once. Uh, it was like a gold mining one. Very simple uh, mechanics. I think I actually took some kits off a free models for that because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that, that just uh, that, that blew up, kept going into 2010, uh, made Battle of Legends Venom and Flowscape 1 in 2011 and Flowscape 2 in 2017. It's quite a mm. quite a release slate. Yeah, um, there's, there was a few things dotted around there as passion projects and stuff like Mario Kart and just Pac-Man Versus, but you know, they're not really my IP, so I've, I've, I've dealt with uh, but it was very fun to uh, mess around and create projects, especially about something I've been passionate about since I was a kid. And being yeah, I mean, as you were saying, so did you have any of those friends that you were playing with back in um, like 2007? Did they kind of also kind of come up sort of trying to create games as well? Um, I don't really have any other friends which, which have stayed around and, and tried to create games uh, as, as seriously. No, they've they've stayed around as players. Once that have stayed, um, they've they've had their own places here and there. But it was it was just for fun, really. Uh, they never really treated creating places as the main focus on Roblox. They've always been just playing the games. And uh, I think there's a lot of people who, who just play Roblox and never really explore the side of creating uh, games. But sometimes sometimes people aren't aren't into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, what do you think sort of differentiated you from 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 your friends in terms of wanting to, t- to take that that bit further? Um, even before Roblox, I always wanted to create stuff, and I found that in the medium of level creators on other games outside of Roblox. So there was this Super Mario uh, clone on Linux that I had on my computer. It was it was basically like Mario, but it had Penguin instead. Super Tux was the name, and that had a pretty cool level maker. I remember spending a lot of time on that. Roller Coaster Tycoon, loved that game. Oh, yes. I've got that on my phone, actually, and I still play that every now and then. <laughs> um, that was one game I spent most of my t- time on, but 
Um, looking back on the games I used to play, I it was a lot more creativity based than than say uh, just typical Call of Duty stuff or anything like that. Um, so I've I've always been inclined to play games which allowed me to express my own uh, take on what what it allowed me to do and create. And I think Roblox Studio was a good segue for that into getting me into making games. Yeah. And has it always been games that that creativity has shone through for you? Uh, mainly, yeah. Uh, I've I've used other things like Game Maker as well in its infancy before going on to Roblox. I spent some time on there creating some little platformers. They never really got far, but it was still something for me to uh, work myself through. Um, but yeah, it's 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 always creativity. Yeah. And so obviously that creativity has led to so many successes that you've had on, on Roblox as well, um, mm. which is great. Uh, the question I have is sort of how important is the sort of the success part in terms of motivating you to kind of make games on Roblox? The success part? Well, it, it never really was the, the goal when I originally started out. Um, I always thought to myself it would be nice if, if, it, if it did like blow up. But just being able to meet my, my own stuff, and I always loved showing uh, these projects to my friends. Um, what what really happened was with my games, I just made them and put them online, and then people started playing them, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is happening then, is it? Uh, that, that happened with Battle of Legends 1. Um, that was one of my first big games in 2010. Uh, it's still online, I think. I think you can still play it, but it's it's very old and... I have used free models on that stuff, but that's okay. I was learning to make stuff. Um, so within three years, just to can sort of contextualise that, from 2007 when you first come on, within mm. three years you're then sort of like getting these games now that are starting to get these followings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was making stuff be before then, but no nothing really consistent to let people uh, play and enjoy themselves on. Uh, but yeah, it took about that amount of time from 2007 to 10 to get games going uh, consistently. Does it ever change how you relate to like making the games? Does it ever feel like there's more pressure or, or responsibility maybe? Um, I think once the traction started picking up on these on these games, especially Battle of Legends 1, I felt myself more committed to uh, pushing updates out more regularly to keep, uh, keep the game relevant, keep the audience interested. And uh, I definitely felt that uh, going into it. But when, when you first experience that, it's such a mad rush. You really are just getting your head stuck into it and you're really passionate about it. And it, it, it was a very exciting time. Um, the same thing happened for Floodscape 1 and uh, I was anticipating it for Floodscape 2. If, if it blew up, it blew up. But if it didn't, it didn't. I've still got other projects to maintain on. And um, yeah, it's just about maintaining it and keeping the audience interested. Definitely feel the pressure when it first comes out. Yeah, and what's what's a, what's been the most important sort of like um, I guess trait that you have that keeps you kind of in that focused mode um, and not susceptible to the pressures and so forth? Um, what keeps me interested, I think it's it's engaging with the community. To be honest, I have a Discord server which I talk to people on a lot, and keeping in touch with what the community wants and what they appreciate about it does does make you. Um, kind of ease up a little bit. It makes you know that there's people who appreciate your work rather than saying, we want updates now, like, you know, <laughs> skip everything, don't even have dinner. Hammer and fist. We, we want we want updates now. Mm -hmm. um, but the people who actually see for who you are as, as an actual person and appreciate the things that you do, it's really heartwarming. And uh, it's, it's great just 
knowing that they enjoy it and that that gives me a lot of motivation being able to like bounce back ideas and suggestions as well is a really really great thing to do that gets me worked up as well just knowing that people are waiting for updates um it does make me happy when i get to share uh progress on that yeah it almost seems like creativity is a conversation that you're having sort of actively with your yeah. with your community how, how it typically happens is that as I present themselves like with an, with an idea like hey would it be cool if I did this or not or if I did could it be done in any other way and so it, it does breed a lot of conversation and it does give a lot of positive change um, I've been doing that with the map testing part of Floodscape too with what people want and more control over how they edited the maps and who can play it and who can't um, so it's definitely a positive feedback loop that is engaging with the community. Yeah, what's the kind of the best sort of in-person encounter you've had with someone that appreciates your work? Um, honestly, I, I could even say like yesterday at RDC, there was, there was about three or four people who came up to me and, and said that they really appreciated the game, games that I made, uh, main, mainly Floodscape 2 is what people have been saying, um, just Floodscape 1 and 2. And it was just really heartwarming saying that they really enjoy the work I've done. And uh, one notable example is actually with Floodscape 2 and uh, they specified one of the maps that I made on it and what I did with giving it a throwback with adding some locations from Floodscape 1 into that map incorporating it and giving it some sort of rusted old uh, destroyed vibe. So just to give like a little backstory and then uh, all, all everything else that goes with it such as the music and stuff. Uh, just just being able to hear what people really love about it, it, it really is, uh, it's heartwarming. From like the, from the beginning when you're sort of planning a new update or a new part to your game, mm. how much of you is sort of looking at the whole big picture, the, like from the music to the map, all the way through to the level design, how does that process look for you? Um, the, the process goes, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I did this? <laughs> <laughs> and then I just kind of go from there. Um, so map creation let's let's explore that topic uh if i wanted to make a map for floodscape 2 i would uh typically start with the theming of it where would it be set um because it does determine a lot of how the map's going to play as well with its theming if it's like very technical map then it's going to be very blocky based if it's going to be very organic like uh grasslands and stuff i need to take a different approach to make it look uh, less blocky and stuff. And at this point, are you inviting sort of contributions from your community in? Like, what yeah. do you think of this idea? I, I I do uh, share screens screenshots quite a lot of, of work that I'm on just to let people see what I'm doing and say, you know, if anybody catches out on something which I don't see because I'm so narrow on getting this creation done, they they could really help with identifying things that um, probably doesn't benefit the map. In, in such way like maybe uh, ceilings too low and when the player jumps they hit their head on it and then they can't make the jump or something uh, just things like that that they can point out really easily without even trying and that's something I really appreciate about it and so yeah there's there's a creation start with theming and then you start building and then with the music sometimes it happens before sometimes it happens after um, with most of the maps I've done the music has been created for after the map because I once it's built I get to see it I get to emulate the feeling of the map within uh, the music I get to create so it's design production and then all the stuff that comes after it like uh, music and stuff 
And then are you rolling that out to like a select group of testers first or do you just release it? I do test it uh, a little bit. I, I have a testing place which I put online and I share that on, on my Discord as well. It's a really great place just to get lots of feedback from. And I make sure that there's no game breaking bugs or anything. I always try and make sure I lock that down before I put it out to the main game because it can really put you on edge if you release an update and it's it's not working and it's broken, everything's broken, oh my god, everything's broken. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's great to be able to test that before putting it out there because then you don't have that pressure. It, it does ease it off a little bit knowing that it, it works on this test place. So let's let's push it out there and you can you can just relax a little bit knowing that you made sure that everything's working but you know game development is kind of crazy there can always be one or two things which uh slip up yeah i mean you we, we've talked about this earlier but um with with fun escape one uh-huh. you had a, a minor hiccup with data saving yes i love data saving i really do <laughs> i don't um, <laughs> so in Flood Escape 1, I, this, this was the game where I saw uh, subjectively the most amount of growth of, of learning how to script and create content on the platform and I think it was where uh, I, I personally see Roblox uh, grow as much as it did in such a short space of time um, because it, it was going from like this, this primitive thing in 2007, it was, it was like between men and what it is now. And so alongside that, I was learning, data saving came out, and uh, it was like, oh cool, I get to, I'll be able to track people's progress. And so I kept it simple, I just wanted to track the amount of wins that a person has. Just a simple number, right? Sounds good. Um, except it was... Breezy, yeah. It was, uh, it was an issue for a long time. <laughs> and so what happened was, I, I wrote my own code for it, and published it. Everything looks good. You know, I tested it myself, made sure that, you know, I could just spam join, leave and everything and I'd be able to keep my wins. Cool, okay. Sounds good. Looks good. Other people have tested it. That's great. Let's put it online. Awesome. And then over the span of the months that I had that, it was it was minor enough of an issue for it not to be picked up for a bit, but it was significant enough that people weren't keeping their wins and I was like oh no oh. <laughs> and so it was about a year's worth of troubleshooting because I really had no idea what was going on uh, I did a, like a few rewrites and stuff and every time I did rewrites of, of the code in and um, these issues still happened I I, I, I kind of lost my will a little bit um, but it it made me think you know well, I, I, I saw this module and I, it was made by Straven and it was a state of saving module and it did a lot of what I couldn't do at the time to get data saved and loaded and reliable and it's something that I've used ever since and I've used that and it's just sold all of it. All of the issues is gone. It's something I use for Floodscape 2 as well. Uh, it's, it's reliable and I've not had any issues with it and it's it's great knowing that there's support out there to be able to use these things um, when uh, I've kind of had a bit of a troubled history with it in the past, mm -hmm. data saving. Oh, it was it was it was a crazy crazy road. <laughs> but you came through it. Yeah, yeah, overcame it, and uh, I'm actually using that module on Floodscape One now. So uh, if you're playing Floodscape One. 
try not to worry. It's it's it's, it's okay now. <laughs> You're it's in safe hands. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> now you are. Yeah. Um, and so in in those moments where you sort of realise, oh, data's not being saved. Like, yeah. Ha- what? Who's your support network for? For sort of going to someone and being like, I'm panicking. <laughs> the Roblox wiki, please. <laughs> what can I do to fix this? Um, honestly, there's. Um, I I mean I've been in a few group chats with people uh, stuff before just casual developers and friends and uh, I've, we've always shared our experiences of developing on our games and we share back and forth code and stuff and we always ask if it's if it's if it's good enough if it if it's going to work or what can be done to help but I've I've shared my my experience with people. Uh, before and it's 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 always been a point of frustration and nobody's really been able to point out what I've uh, what what could be done to fix that old bit of code before so it really was a mystery and it did add up to the frustration a little bit because nobody could really identify what it was and it made me think oh, I've got no clue what's going on <laughs> um, but it's it's just something that I've I've had to learn and yeah I'm just relying on data store modules now I mean, you've come a long way from not knowing how to anchor a part, I think is a good sort of like way to sum it up. Oh yeah, when, when you put it in perspective, it's definitely <laughs> a milestone. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that, I'll, I'll keep that. Yeah. Which, uh, this might be a, tri- a tricky question, but which of your games are you proudest of? Proudest of? Um, it's either Floodscape 1 or 2. Right now, I think it's Floodscape 2 with, with the uh, detail that I've put on it compared to previous games because I've learned all this knowledge and I've been able to apply it to to Roblox. Um, I am super proud of it because I went in with a plan. I, I wrote up a design document and everything which helped me establish what I was going to create before I even started going and I think in the future I'm going to keep doing that. It, it, it makes It makes absolute sense to be able to write up a document and be able to say, okay, this is what I'd like to do. Here's how I'm going to try and do it. Because if you're trying to make a foundation for a game and you have no idea where you want to go with it, you have no plan, super easy to get distracted, super easy. And I know so many people who make projects and, and then they stop because they get stuck on something and then there's, oh hey, I've got this other project I'm working on as well. And that's always cool, you get to explore new things when you're making that, it's always something new and refreshing. But if you wanted to make a game from start to finish and get it out there, super important to know what you're doing uh, because yeah like I said if, if, if you don't know where you're going with it it's super easy to get lost so that's one of the things I'm most proud of being able to stick to a design plan mm. and then once I had that foundation it's super easy to expand on and add other features um, so I think what I'm trying to say is that all the knowledge that I've learned over the years has helped me create what Floodscape 2 is and it's it's definitely one of the things I'm most proud of. It's just been Roblox. cumulative from all the games you've slowly just added more tools to your kit really to... Yeah absolutely yeah. And, and just just easy ways of knowing how to make stuff and edit stuff and just getting so in tune with Roblox Studio over the years and knowing its ins and outs uh, has helped a lot. Yeah I mean our, <clears throat> our, our game designer at Studio Plus who also happens to be the silent third person producing the podcast in this room right now um, is evangelical about game design documents. Yeah, um, to the extent where my Google Drive is flooded with them. Yeah, I mean, uh, at college it was something that was driven home to me as well because I took a two-year course in uh, 
in games development at my college and it's it's definitely given me a lot of insight and information which I think I've truly benefited from um, compared to before. I think that hammered it in perspective what, what is important to uh, consider when producing a game and I think that's helped along with uh, Floodscape 2's uh, production as well. Yeah, because it's like obviously as you say creativity is like one of the most important skills that you can have mm. to come to create Roblox games. Yeah. But that document is like the fine honing, like it's not a limiting, but it's like a nice channeling, right, of your creativity. Oh yeah, that's that's a great way to put it because with creativity, you can make anything, you know, if, if you put your mind to it enough, you can, you can work towards it and have something come out from it. But being able to know what you're doing with that and being able to say, okay, I'm gonna do this to achieve this. That's, that's the big difference between I'm just gonna do this and, and see how it turns out. Um, yeah, channeling channeling creativity is such a great help in, in that regard. I don't think I'd have been able to make Floodscape 2 without that. Yeah, I mean, and the, uh, the other reverse side, I guess uh, you often sort of hear it in like the writing community, like writer's block, right, where like creativity is just not coming mm -hmm. to you on certain days. Yeah. Is there a game developer's equivalent of writer's block, game dev block? Yes. There really is. I uh, think I went through a little section of that this year, actually, like the first half of this year. Um, I've been releasing constant updates of Floodscape 2 since it came out in late 2017. And uh, there was a bit of a gap in 2018 until I got back into it um, in the late of last year. And then the first half of this year, I kind of stagnated again. Um, I kind of got a little bit perfectionist with my view on the game and what I could add to it. It was like, anything I could possibly add to it won't benefit the game and I kept like doubting what you know is it really useful is it a great addition but with all that worrying and, and not being able to think about what to do um, which I would say was definitely some sort of creative block I had um, it it kind of held my game off for a few months and it did suck it really did suck uh, but it's it's something that you can't while you can try and push yourself to put into it's 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 something which just happens. You just gotta let it happen sometimes with, with Block. You can definitely try and push yourself to, to create stuff, and sometimes you, you can make some nice things. Um, but I, I found, personally, that I had I just, I had to go through the motions of it. And so the months went by, and then one or two months ago, I started really picking up, and I'm, I'm back in full swing. Um, back and making updates again and you can see how happy people are on uh, Twitter and all the other uh, sources of information that all these updates are coming through. I'm not as worried about uh, small changes to a game that I uh, used to be and so just knowing that I'm, I can just add to whatever and just say it would be cool to do this and, and plan and add to the game. It's, it's just good to be able to work on it again. It really is. Yeah, and, and so in terms of like overcoming that block, is it just digital detox? Is it traveling? What is what is your kind of the motions that you go through, as you were saying? Um, I think I do uh, detox a little bit from uh, mainly like studio and stuff. I've I've definitely tried to throw myself head first into saying no, I don't I don't have it. I, I definitely don't. But I've ended up spending hours in studio and coming up with some sort of result which isn't exactly what I wanted or what, what I hoped in my head. That that does happen a lot from time to time. I mean, it's just how things go when you're working on stuff, but um, just knowing that I couldn't really punch out much content, it, it, it did leave me a little bit um, 
exhausted. So I think if you try and say that you don't have this this creative block and you try and force yourself into it, 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 it does expend more like energy towards that and you, you do get exhausted from as little uh, benefit that, that you create. And so, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time just heading out and just making, you know, and enjoying myself and trying to draw inspiration. That's a big thing. That's a big part of it. Inspiration is what fuels a lot of my creativity. And uh, I think I just had to find that again. And uh, that's what helps me get through. Yeah, because it's weird because it's because block isn't the same as burning out, right? It's like mm. you're not necessarily just completely exhausted. It's just you, you show up, you sit down in your chair, mm. turn the laptop on and you're like, I just, I can't conjure new things yeah. today. It can be so frustrating when you know that you, you, you know, everybody's looking forward to an update and you'd like to get one out yourself as well. It's not that you don't want to because you definitely do. And you sat there on, on studio, I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a frustrating time as a, as a creator to go through the emotions of that. But thankfully, I'm out of it now. I'm, I'm confident that I'm out of it. And I'm going to be able to just punch out more updates nice and easy. Yeah, just churning out those updates. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. So where do you go typically for inspiration? Is it other games? Is it sort of film arts? Um, what's your kind of, or, or is it just a combination of lots of different things? Um, it's mainly games, honestly. Yeah. A lot of games and how they handle uh, gameplay. One of my favorite inspirations is arcade games. Uh, with how quick you can get into a game there on a machine. There's no, there's no fussing around. You're just straight into playing it. It's a quick game. You, it's all up to you on how, how you play. And I, it's definitely given me inspiration. I think it's shaped my view on how I approach designing games. Um, with, with the games that I create, I like to make it short and snappy. And so story-driven games or RPG kind of games, I don't think that's uh, an avenue I'm probably going to explore. Uh, for for the for the while, but uh, Floodscape Two is very short, very snappy. You jump in, you join the game, go in the elevator. Oh, you're playing now. That's cool. And that was part of um, the inspiration that kind of came into the design document because I wanted to factor in mobile players as well. Say somebody's on their commute to work or like they're being taken to school and they're just sat in the car not doing anything. Uh, they can pull out the phone and play. Uh, Floodscape 2 or something, knowing that there's there's a quick gameplay loop there, super quick, super fast, and I that's one of the things I love to do when designing my games is is removing all the clutter between getting a player into the game and actually playing it, because uh, there are a few games that do that. Um, and it's, there's such a massive audience for that too. I mean, the, the, the kind of I mean, we're from London Studio Plus, so like on the, being on the tube, going into yeah. work, like just people that just want that quick, like literally between a couple of stops on the on the underground, yeah, yeah. to kind of get that experience. So it's like it's very much like a, such a rewarding loop for so many people. I, I, I do like providing bite-sized chunks of gameplay because each, I've even uh, been so strict with the design document that I've limited each map to be uh, lasting as long as two minutes so that when any, anybody joins a server, the longest they're going to be waiting on average is roughly like a minute. Um, because not all maps go into um, like the time limit, They're roughly like one and a half minutes or so. And it's these bite-sized experiences, changing the themes of the world, taking the players to other locations, I think helps uh, keep you know retain attention as well, all these different looking things. And so it's it's something I've always liked to provide, just quick snappy 
gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is your favourite Roblox game that you've not made? Oh, one of them is Super Bomb Survival by Polyhex. It's a game that I've played a lot since. Uh, I played a lot of it during my college years. I, I, can't, I might have played it on the college computers, actually. <laughs> I shouldn't have done, but I, I, I did. I even used Studio at college as well. I wasn't supposed to do that. Um, what else is... Uh, oh, wow. There's... Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been playing Weightlifting Simulator as a joke uh, lately, just for the fun of it. It's, 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 it's funny just being able to be like this really large muscle character and just mess around. I, I know it's I know it's just a like little game with muscles and stuff, but it's just funny and especially playing with friends and stuff like that. Uh, just being able to fight against each other it's it's, it's a nice little game. Um, yeah, there's Defren as well by Wesley. Uh, enjoy playing that. We actually got interviewed uh, by each other. Well, with we both got interviewed by I think it was John Shudletsky whilst he was working at Roblox. We got interviewed for a Crossfire article in August of 2013, and it was basically uh, saying, uh, interviewing our designs of the game and how they correlated with, with each other because the nature of, of our games was quite similar. Um, running, you know, obstacle course, survival, trying to get to the finish to to win, uh, whereas my my danger was floods and stuff. Uh, Wesley's danger was. Um, you know the, the the killer operating all the contraptions to get everybody uh, to not survive and and hopefully have the killer win. And so being able to see his growth as well alongside uh, my own and being able to meet him uh, at RDC multiple times as well. It's, it's it's great to put a face to a creator of a game on Roblox. Okay, and this is my other kind of um, curveball question, mm. which is, um, if you weren't a Roblox developer, mm. what would you be doing? Um, I'd probably be a developer elsewhere, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think I'd still find my ways one way or another, um, because I've, I've been, uh, before Roblox I, missed, I mentioned, I think, that I uh, used Game Maker before Studio, and that was in its infancy as well, but it still allowed me to make platforms of stuff. That's evolved into a really established uh, game development uh, environment now. And uh, there's Unity, I think. I think I would have been involved in Unity mm -hmm. if I wasn't on Studio right now. It's still something I'd like to explore and work on because it means I'd be able to get my own apps out there outside of Roblox as well. What is your kind of next planned update for Flood Escape 2? A new map. New map. New map and a way to promote uh, featured items on the shop. Um, I've been thinking about things lately over the past few weeks and thinking, you know, a lot of people who play games on Roblox don't necessarily have an account outside of Roblox, it, Roblox itself, like, you know, Twitter or Discord. And that's actually where I promote most of my game uh, games updates for because, you know, I, I engage with community through there as well. Um, you got quite a big following as well. Uh, yeah, uh, well, over thirty thousand followers on Twitter. I, I hope, hopefully, that's enough to like promote my game and stuff. Yep. Um, but it's, I, I do use that to promote my game. But there's always going to be a set amount of audience which won't have that. And Roblox has provided some tools to accommodate that. There's a weekly game update that you can push on on your game. Uh, saying what's new. It does have a really small character limit of about 60. I think it's been expressed by other creators that they'd like to be able to 
uh, provide a link to patch notes on a closed post on the dev forum or something. I think that'd be a great addition to it. And uh, yeah, once a week sometimes probably isn't enough to for 60 characters to be able to provide enough in concise information about what's new with the game. So what I'm going to try and do in the future and I'd like to work towards is provide uh, update notes within the game, uh, even even not you know accounting for the game's description. Just when they hit play, I'd like to give a window that says what's new and what's been added so that they know what's up and they can jump into that straight away. Uh, the first way I'm going to be approaching that is introducing a featured section to the shop and letting people know what's new in there and if they'd like to check it out and put sales on featured items, I think that would be a great way to um, improve engage engagement with uh, people uh, with the shop and new items because it, it the shop does exist, it's, it's just there on the bottom bar, I never really push it or anything. Uh, but it's something I'd like to explore and get out there and, and then segue that into update patch notes and stuff. Because the way I work on my game, it's very small updates uh, every day or so. And I think it's something which is very unique to Roblox and that you can just punch out small bug fixes, small updates, super quick, super snappy. And uh, I'd like to be able to uh, start tracking those updates and let people see what's new as they join the game. Yeah see them sort of like see the progress almost that you've made over a longer period of time yeah um absolutely yeah man um well i hope this has been an enjoyable experience for you oh. i have certainly loved it absolutely the time the time has been going by so quickly it's just so fun to be able to talk about it and let people know what's up what's yeah good. it's nice just to sit down i think with a roblox dev yeah and just have a chat about sort of the the formative experiences that have gone through that's gotten to where they are today which obviously for you is a, is a great place with a great kind of roster of games that you've mm. released. And I honestly just wish you all the best for the future. I appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's been over a decade. There's been a lot to talk about and I hope I've been able to give a good chunk of my history on there for anyone. Yeah, 12-year saga of, of Roblox. Uh, I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for, for coming down. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me. It's been great. It's really interesting to hear about how developers like Crazy Blocks leverage their communities to gather feedback and new ideas. It's clearly paid off with Flutterscape 2, and I would encourage any Roblox player to check it out if they haven't already. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, and I look forward to bringing you the next episode very soon. Bye for now.